0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey everyone. Today we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 16, Lecture Circuit, Part 2. In this episode, Angela is in a good mood. Jim and Dwight continue to struggle and Michael and Pam head to Nashua. We kick this episode off seeing Pam and Michael doing exactly what Pam suggested they do in the previous episode, which is skip the lecture in Rochester and head to Nashua to go see Holly. And so apparently they they called... Nashua and offered to do the lecture there the Nashua people were excited to have them and they scheduled this for two o'clock in the afternoon so Pam and Michael show up and they find out that Holly is not in the office
1: right she is on a three-day HR retreat the receptionist says, Well, if you need to get a hold of her, you can just talk to her boyfriend, AJ. He's a salesman here. And that just completely crushes Michael. It's a little hard to gauge timeline here, but we know that Holly and Michael started dating soon after the weight loss competition. So let's just say towards the end of summer. And they'd only been on three or four dates. It was the third date when the Crime Aid episode happened. And that's when David saw Holly and Michael kissing after the Crime Aid fundraiser and then sent her to Nashua. So I think it's safe to assume that Holly has been in Nashua for at least going on seven to eight months. Right. So a decent amount of time for her to have maybe moved on from a short-lived but passionate relationship, I would say. Both Holly and Michael were very into each other. And it appears that Holly has met someone at the Nashua branch.
0: Michael decides to go ahead with his presentation.
1: After a pep talk from Pam.
0: Yeah. And honestly, it starts off pretty well. The people in the office seem to be at least enjoying his humor.
1: Yeah, they're receptive. He,
0: Michael, basically has an intro of movie quote after movie quote after movie quote. (laughs) And people are just kind of chuckling with it. And Pam even, like, there are camera shots of Pam who... Also seems to be, like, there's almost like this, oh, wow, this is this is the best he's ever done. Like, has that look on her face.
1: Yeah. She's prideful that he's pulling it off.
0: Unfortunately, it goes off the rails real, real quick and real, real hard. Yes. Michael first asks, who in here are the salespeople? And... After a couple of jokes, he picks out AJ and says, hey, you, you know, what's your story? Who are you? And eventually starts asking if AJ is single. And then finally just breaks down and asks, does she ever ask about me? Or does she ever talk about me?
1: Right. Michael asks if it's a serious relationship. AJ responds, yeah. Pretty serious, which again just is completely gutting to Michael. He gets to, does Holly ever ask about Michael Scott or talk about Michael Scott? And then just pretty much crumbles to the ground and has to crawl out of the office, leaving Pam to just pick up the presentation. Again, we haven't seen the full presentation, so similar to last episode. We're still not sure what the actual point is, besides maybe motivational speaking. There does not appear to be a lot of actual concrete sales tips being imparted.
0: Well, that's because Michael can't impart those things. That's part of it, is that you are asking the worst possible person in every conceivable way to do this. We talked about this last episode where... Not only does Michael not know what he is doing as a manager, but he also just has this flair for the dramatic and it wants to be this showman. So of course he's gonna lead off with movie quotes. Of course he's gonna have ridiculous props. That's just what he does. And so by the end of it, you know, you made a great point with in the last episode when you were talking about him at the at Ryan's business school. Where he was just throwing out buzzwords and phrases that didn't really go together and they don't mean anything when you say them together, but they kinda sounded good and it right. just
1: Right. It sounds businessy. It,
0: and it just left everybody in the classroom just like, what is he <laughs> even talking about? And so yes, I have to imagine that this turns out the exact same way. Like once if if Michael was in any place mentally to be able to put on this presentation like once the movie quotes were out of the way and everything people would just be like okay what's what's going on here why why are we watching this
1: well pam is trying to salvage the presentation michael wanders around the office and comes upon holly's desk she has a yellow cardigan that's on her chair And he takes her scissors and cuts off, like, half the sleeve of the sweater and puts it in his pocket, which is pretty weird. And as he's walking away, he bumps the chair, and that turns off the screensaver, and her home screen is visible. And she has a background of Martin Short, I think, at, like, Comic Relief or something. I
0: can't remember this character's name, um... He had a cartoon. Like it was, I think it was a, I think it may have been an SNL character that got turned into a cartoon and I can't remember the name for the life of me.
1: It makes Michael laugh. Like they had, Holly and Michael had very similar senses of humor. And so that's probably a memory. And he sees a desktop icon of a Word doc that's called Dear Michael and he has a flash drive on his key ring and he decides to download this letter to his flash drive.
0: One thought, there is, with every, everything we have seen with Michael, there is no way that he knows how to just copy a document over to a flash drive without causing some sort of right. panic emergency thing like That's he would have really he, good he absolutely would have been caught doing that because like it would have like he would have done something to erase everything off of the computer or something right. like that to where now everybody knows what he's doing
1: like think of the struggle he had with powerpoint just installing and opening a program excel the, the BlackBerry. The
0: surplus. The
1: surplus, yeah. It's it's a bit of a stretch to think that, not that it's hard to copy a document onto a flash drive, but it's a bit of a stretch to think that Michael knows how to do that. There are adults who have worked with computers for now years that don't know how to copy a document to a flash drive.
0: Yeah. I can't remember if I have told this story before, but there were people at, at my old job where I was like the IT liaison like essentially if there was something that i didn't know how to do that's when we would call it and so there were so many times when people who and i'm not even talking about like older generation like people who are not that much older than i am who would go into like the our word processor in order to open a pdf and i'm just like no 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 that's not how you do that you just just open it just open it and it'll <laughs> oh, work right. just and i and i don't like that i i don't know if it's just it was muscle muscle memory for them like that's how they just if if 95% of the things they do is open documents that's what they, they'll do they just open the sure. word processor it's a it's a roundabout way of doing it but it's it is a way to do it of Okay, here's this Word doc I got. Let me open up Microsoft Word, go to File, Open, and then open it. Again, it's a roundabout way to do it. There's a much quicker way to do it. Right. But it, it's, I guess it's it is the what same. there is. But like they just got used to where, oh, that's how I open things on my computer. It's just like, no, that's it's not how you open that specific thing. And so they would ask me, it was like, why can't I open this? I'm like, well, and like I struggle with like, Trying to figure it out like ten seconds into you doing this thing, I know exactly what the issue is, but like I don't want to like step on your toes and stop right. you and be like, no no no, no stop right here here's where you need to go like it's like a, uh okay no, let me let me try this thing here real quick and see if that works and then just do it the right way and then hope they and i should then I show them and then hope they remember and use it no I didn't so <laughs> Anyway, Michael, somehow, without melting down the computer, (laughs) transfers this Word document onto his flash drive. After Pam and Michael have left the Nashua branch, they seem to be at a diner of some sort. It's
1: probably been a long day.
0: Yeah. And they are having a meal and... Michael tells Pam he went to Holly's desk.
1: Yes Michael confesses to stealing the sweater sleeve and the letter and Pam is a bit horrified at first and and says under no circumstances can you read that letter she did not send it to you you should not do it and then she pauses and says but I can read it for you So she has Michael go get his laptop. She reads the letter and deletes it from the flash drive and just gives him the summary version, saying that it's not completely hopeless. It's not completely over. She still has feelings for you. I mean, there's a lot of questions that come up here for me. It's unclear like when she would have written this letter, why she would have written it on her work computer. No, maybe the answer to that is she doesn't have a home computer or a laptop. Like that's somewhat feasible for two thousand eight if you're not really doing stuff at
0: home. Right, but I, I mean, I do all kinds of like innocuous stuff on my work computer as well. Not just not like, okay, I need to do my taxes or like balance my checkbook or whatever here, but like, oh, here. Uh, here's this list of stuff that I need to get done this weekend. And just just type it out on, you know, on a word doc or something like that just to get it, you know, out somewhere. So like, yeah, I, I don't think that's all that uncommon.
1: At my first professional job, we had like a shared drive system which makes sense if you're working with legal documents that someone may need to access like everyone has a folder. Yep. Unfortunately, some of the older uh people did not understand that that was visible mm-hmm. to everyone. Anything you put on that shared drive. And so yeah, they would put extremely personal things on the shared drive with its like very obvious document titles which that's not what Holly did this was just on her desktop icon so that gives Michael a little bit of hope he doesn't have the same closure from going to Nashua that Pam gained from going to Utica but for him he knows in his heart that he and Holly are soulmates he still misses her very much. He's never really found, you know, another relationship. We haven't seen him really looking this season uh since being with Holly. And one question that I have is is Amy Ryan so busy? Why do we not get a lot of Amy Ryan? I think that's what is making sometimes this Michael Holly storyline feel a bit unsatisfactory or that so much happens off screen or just through michael and so i'm just curious if it was like a scheduling thing or what it was that amy was just not available to be in some of these episodes
0: i just don't think that she was enough of a character honestly like once she left you can't just have A camera in Nashua for no reason. Sure, it
1: wasn't not that, but just the fact that like she was on this HR retreat. Sure, you know. And I guess had she not been, we wouldn't have had the letter. Yeah, exactly. They I wouldn't have had a conversation or anything at all. Yes. So the takeaway though is that for Michael, all hope is not gone. Yes, she's in this relationship with AJ. Maybe she's just a relationship type person. It seemed that she had been single for a while before she got together with Michael. And then maybe it just sort of blossomed with AJ and Nashua. And it seems like she's fitting in pretty well.
0: Sure. I see it this way, though. Michael now has the opposite of closure. He he left Scranton with closure. And now he doesn't have it anymore because...
1: That's a good point.
0: They, they parted on good terms. They both didn't want this relationship to end. But they both agreed, maybe Holly more so than Michael, that a long-distance thing wasn't going to work. Right. And so that's your closure. There is a reason why you guys broke up. It sucks, but that's what it is now he that door has now been reopened he now learn lo- he now knows that Holly has feelings for him, and so now it's a well, what's going to be done about that like why
1: they're still yeah, they're still in the exact same position that they were even worse now that Holly has a boyfriend but right
0: yes, and so uh, i I think that Holly can't just sit around for Michael like she has to move on with her life because if she didn't why did they break up in the first place if, if she wasn't willing to move on from Michael they would have found a way to make the distance work mm-hmm. in that sense and so yeah Michael now has I think Michael now has more questions than he had before they left Scranton
1: that's a fair point So that seemingly ends the Michael Scott lecture tour. I don't know if they ever made it back around to Rochester, but they certainly had a very long day going from Utica to Nashua in one day. I think it's about four hours, so they would have had to leave almost immediately from Utica and and really book it to get to Nashua without making many stops or any stops.
0: Back in the office, the saga with Kelly's birthday party continues. And in this episode, we pick the story up with Dwight berating and questioning Kelly as to why she spent a year in a juvenile detention center when she was 14 years old. Because Dwight is so over the top with this, of course, Jim has to come in and kind of defuse the situation and try and keep Dwight from, like, prying this out of Kelly. Kelly does, however, end up sharing as to why she went to juvie. And that was because she stole her boyfriend's boat after he broke up with her.
1: Yeah, she said it was supposed to be something like a thumb on the wheeze type thing. Now, I haven't seen that movie, so I don't fully understand the reference the thing that is so curious to me is that so the boat actually you know obviously belonged to the parents of the boyfriend and they must have really pushed for charges hard for kelly to have ended up to spend one year in juvenile detention for what we know or what we assume is to be her first offense yeah so bit of a strange um thing there in order to distract kelly and dwight i guess from this interrogation jim says hey i got the cake do you want to see it and so he shows the ice cream cake to kelly and all it is is just a sheet cake with white frosting and a little bit of piping work. yeah it's it's pretty underwhelming as kelly says like where'd you even find a cake like this that's just completely white and has no writing on it? Which I know it exists, but they exist so you can buy it from like a grocery store chain and then have the bakery write on it.
0: Yeah, I, I have to imagine that when Jim was just like, hey, I want that cake, please. The person was just like, okay, what do you want me to write on it? He'd be like, no, I'm good. And be like, they would be like, okay. All right.
1: He said he forgot he tells the camera he forgot how kelly spelled her name he didn't know if there was an e between the l and the y so but instead what he could have just had written was just happy birthday uh-huh and as curtis said off the top jim and dwight are struggling so hard they have to push back the time of the party they they really can't come up with a theme. They can't come up with what they think makes a party fun. And the thing is, it's, it's an office party. They've both attended some. They know how these go. It shouldn't be this difficult. And Curtis, I am curious from you, what are your thoughts and takeaways? Like, what is this block here that is preventing Dwight and Jim from just making this happen?
0: I think there are two things, and one is that, first of all, it's Kelly. Kelly is going to expect something extravagant, and if it isn't, she's going to be very passive aggressive about it. Two, they forgot her birthday the day before, and so now they are making up for it. Um, so they can't just throw together your usual, all right, party's at 345, everybody, here's all the snacks, here's the drinks, here's the cake, thanks for coming. That usually happens.
1: Right, and that's really all that is necessary for an office party. I will say that in the age of Pinterest and Instagram, which I don't have either of those, but... There is so much pressure on the aesthetics and the look. Like think of those balloons. Mm -hmm. And I bet everyone is picturing in their mind what I'm talking about when I only say balloons. Like those number or letter balloons that are now so ubiquitous with having a party. You have to spell something out or you have to have the, the age the person is turning in these gold, you know, pretty large balloons. And again, it's just because everything looks the same now quite on quite frankly yeah you know that and just house wise it's the hgtv effect a little bit everything looks the same but why like you don't need to have a rose wall in order to just have a good party a lot of it comes down to the people but a lot of it comes down to just having your bases covered do you have food and drink for everyone maybe some music and are you just willing to have a good time? Like, you don't really need decorations in order to make that happen. I think, sure, that can be fun. But, yeah, you don't need to go all out. And Jim and Dwight are just really stuck on, okay, like, what should we do? Like, they're, they're throwing ideas off of each other. It, really, they're, you know, I bet Jim's the one contributing, like, yeah, having some beers. Like, it just sounds like... A backyard get together Is their idea of fun
0: Yeah. So the time for the party comes And everybody Gathers in the conference room Some people say surprise Some people say happy birthday Dwight is quick to remind them That Kelly knows this is happening This is not a surprise They present Kelly With the cake And on it Says happy birthday Kelly Jim took a 50-50 shot as to how to spell Kelly's name. He got it wrong. He threw the extra E in there. And it is decorated with one single chiclet.
1: And I will say, before we address the chiclet, Kelly looks around and she's like, what are these decorations? (laughs) (laughs) What is the theme? And they're like, that's the best part. We're going to tell you. And she rightfully points out, like, you don't hear a theme, you just... See the thing,
0: Right. So there is a chiclet on the cake. And Kelly is pretty appalled at this. <laughs> but they say that it represents a pillow or a TV because Kelly really likes TV shows. And apparently she likes naps. So her party is for one hour. She can either watch TV in the office or take a nap in the office. And Kelly is actually ecstatic over this. She loves it.
1: Yeah, it it hits big. She ends up choosing a one-hour nap, so everyone else leaves the conference room, they give her a pillow and a blanket, and everyone just eats the cake at their desk, and Kelly takes a one-hour nap under the conference room table.
0: The other part of this episode is Angela taking the phrase crazy cat lady to an entirely new level we actually open this episode with her coming into the break area where oscar kevin stanley just a handful of uh, of people yeah handful of people are in there and she is in a really good mood she's asking kevin how she's how he's doing and things like that and everybody is just kind of like this is different and Angela tells everybody that she has a brand new member of her family, and it is a seven thousand dollar cat named Princess Lady.
1: Apparently, she's like hypoallergenic, like all the all the stuff uh, that you could pay for when purchasing a cat. Like she's a third generation show cat. Her one of her parents was in Meet the Parents. And she's just over the moon. And someone asked like, oh my gosh, how'd you pay for that? Which is super nosy. She says she sold her engagement ring on eBay and that's how she financed it. And they're like, you didn't give it back to Andy? She claims that he wouldn't have wanted that, but if I can't recall if I'm thinking of this correctly. I thought it was like a family heirloom or something.
0: You might be thinking of Ed Helms' character in The Hangover.
1: Okay, maybe I am.
0: I don't believe that it was ever said in the in office. the office okay. that this was an heirloom. I, I could be wrong, but...
1: Yeah, I, I believe the proper etiquette is if there is an engagement that does not lead to a wedding and the couple breaks up, I believe that you are supposed to return the ring.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the polite thing to do. It, based off of her phrasing, it seems to me that Angela just assumed that Andy would not want a ring that was worth $7,000 back.
1: Right. And again, this is like one of the few tidbits or check-ins we get between Andy, Angela, or Dwight. We never really hear from Dwight at after the end of their relationship either. Angela tells everyone that she has something better than a photo to show them of this new cat. She has all of her cats on nanny cam and has installed the nanny cam app through her work computer so she can just watch them all day. She says that normally when she gets a new cat she likes to take leave and she gets really annoyed that Dunder Mifflin does not recognize cat maternity leave because you know oh pop out a kid you can take a year off which I can't even I bet Dunder Mifflin does not even have any sort of leave policy but no she didn't have enough vacation time so this is what she has to do Side note story about uh, leave. In my first professional job, going back there again, it was quite conservative. Very conservative, very uh, male-centric and driven. And there had never been, at that point, an attorney that worked at this place that had ever been pregnant had a child well, working there. There were women with children who came later in their careers. So one day apparently after a partners meeting one of the partners came to my office and he was a very chatty guy. He'd come in, he was a big storyteller, he'd come in and you'd lose an hour. You knew you're going to be there till seven because he just stood there with one of his legs up on a chair Telling you crazy stories for like an hour, hour and a half, and you just lost all that billable time. And he comes in and he says, Man, I'd sure like to take three months off, paid, just hanging out in my home. And I'm like, What are you talking about? Well, one of the legal assistants was pregnant and was planning her leave. And I'm like, I think you came to the wrong office, bud. And this is a man that had children. Uh, I'm like, I think you meant to go to one of the male associate offices on either side of me because I'm not sure I'm the person that you want to bitch about maternity leave and you thinking it's some paid vacation where she's sitting on the couch eating bonbons. And I was never very forceful with these men, but that really uh, hacked me off because... Again, just could not be further from the truth of what is probably happening on a maternity leave, by the way. So he got the hint uh, pretty quickly and soon left. And so I have to imagine, my guess is in 2008, Dunder Mifflin is not on the cutting edge of providing paid leave. I'm going to guess that you get your unpaid FMLA 12 weeks, if if anything at all. So Angela decides that the best way to, you know, make sure that the cat is acclimating is to have this on nanny cam.
0: And as we see later, the cat is definitely acclimating, maybe just a little too well. Angela is away from her desk, and we get a shot of Oscar and Kevin just at their desks working and then just hearing some odd noises coming from Angela's computer. Angela has left the nanny cam feed up.
1: And at full volume, apparently.
0: Yeah, and one of her other cats is becoming intimate with Princess Lady. And Angela comes back and is just appalled at this and says that she has to leave and she will be back in an hour. So she goes to her house to break this up. Unfortunately for Angela, She, again, has left the nanny cam feed up. We later see her back at her house consoling the cat and starts bathing it the way a cat would bathe themselves, by just licking the cat.
1: Yeah, and she's doing, like, these hissing noises at the other cats, like she is in deep here. And before she left to break it up or whatever, she was just appalled that her coworkers were seeing this happening and says, you know, don't let this sully your image of them. They are good and decent cats. I'm like, oh my God, they're just cats. They're just animals. And she claims they're all fixed, but I have a hard time believing that someone that is buying purebred cats is, like, fixing these animals. Oscar and Kevin see and can hear Angela on the nanny cam and see her lick Princess Lady and are just appalled. They immediately go back to their workstations and just pretend they didn't see it. And Oscar tells the camera later that the psychological issues behind a grown woman looking her cat are just too great for him to go into. And it is it is a lot. I mean, Angela is definitely into her cats, but we've never seen that before. We've never seen like inside her home, you know, we don't follow everyone home or anything. But her entire home and her entire life revolves around her, like, I don't know, six or seven cats.
0: Yeah. So that pretty much wraps this episode up. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about the episode.
1: Uh, Again, this one was also written by Mindy Kaling. Um, That's really about all I have. Uh, Curtis, what firings do we have for this week?
0: We lose Michael for... Basically downloading something off of Holly's computer without her permission. Yeah. It is his seventh firing. It's his 44th overall. We lose Pam for being a party to that and offering to read this private information for Michael. Mm -hmm. It's her third firing this season. It's her seventh overall. And then we also lose Dwight because at the end of Kelly's nap, He barges into the conference room with two metal trash can lids and just bangs them together, tells her, party's over, now get out of here and start making up for the work that you missed while you were napping. And he gives her a spank as she is leaving the office. So not a great look for Dwight. No. It's his eighth firing this season. It's his 19th overall internet what is your dundee for this episode
1: my dundee is best birthday memory and that goes to jim as jim and dwight are just kicking around ideas of what their best party ideas would be jim asked dwight you know what was your favorite birthday dwight doesn't really have anything good he says the shrewd's don't celebrate birthdays because It started as a depression era necessity that just turned into a tradition and jim tells about when he was seven when he was turning seven his dad took him to the natural history museum in new york city and they looked at fossils all day and they just had tons of fun really loved it and at the end of the day he got a plastic triceratops dinosaur from the gift shop and i think that sounds pretty fun for especially for a seven-year-old birthday Um, I've had some pretty fun birthdays growing up, and it's just, it's hard to recreate, like, a child's birthday thing, though, for an adult party, especially a party at the workplace. Yeah. What is your Dundee?
0: The Terrible Coworker Award goes to Jim, because, for many reasons, Dwight, we can... Dwight isn't great here either but he's just a weirdo who doesn't like anybody and so he can get a pass for not knowing how old Kelly is or not knowing how to spell her name but Jim is not so lucky because we just see this from Jim throughout the entire series where he just thinks he's too cool for this stuff and just thinks it's cool not to care and so I don't know how you don't know how to spell a coworker's name.
1: Yeah, especially because you have to think you're sending emails or you're on emails with someone. There's like a phone. Fo- there's probably like a phone roster of everyone's extension. It it does really push the boundaries of just hey, be a little observant.
0: Yeah. So on top of being in charge of planning somebody's birthday party, whether you wanted that responsibility or not and then forgetting it forgetting how to spell that person's name um kind of the cherry on top of all of that
1: yeah no that's a good one
0: who is your employee of the month
1: uh i chose michael i guess it's a bit of an extension of last episode where he's sort of getting another attaboy from david because he's going on this lecture circuit but for him he has now a glimmer of hope for this person that he thinks is his soulmate and he feels very strongly about and so that gives him quite a bit of joy at the end of this episode who is your employee of the month
0: I chose Kelly because it's kind of her birthday and she got to take a nap at work So that will do it for this week's episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates and keep listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to us. Be sure to rate, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you can in order to get our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening and we will see you guys next time. Bye.
1: Bye.